from KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. Good morning, everybody. This is the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name's Alon. And my name's Ara. And I'm still Molly. Still Molly. That's I good. Did, why do you say good morning the past two shows? Did I do it last time, too? I forget you, I did good evening last time. You, no, you totally did it, and then I like just went with it, and then now you're doing it again. Well, you know that people listening to the show aren't listening to it right now. They would only listen to this show in the morning. Yeah, well, on the way to work or whatever. Yeah. It's clearly a morning-style show. I think it is. Well, you uh, grab your coffee and your donut, and you listen to Chatterbox. I thought you were going to say something else. Um, you could listen to it anytime. That's sort of the point I'm making. You're allowed to. You don't have to listen to it before 10 a.m. You can listen to it after 10 a.m. Wait, is is before 10 morning to you and after 10 is not? At oh. McDonald's it is. No, it's oh. 10.30. We're going, if we're going by McDonald's time, it's 10.30. They stop serving breakfast You're at You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. I well, stand corrected. I'm excited for those Happy Meals right at 10, uh, 10.35. Well, I maintain that anyone listening to this program is listening in the morning. So, And at very least, it's morning somewhere. <clears throat> this so is that's true. Good. That's that's all it takes for me. Maybe in Egypt, it's morning, morning is the best time of day after all. Yeah. But not in Egypt. Right? <laughs> well, it's not. Nothing's good in Egypt. No, not at all. <laughs> now or ever, really. I mean, well, if we're being honest, no. The pyramids are good. Look, nobody, nobody's going for that. Okay, well, just because you're Israeli doesn't mean that you have to diss the Egypt. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. Have you ever been to hot weather? I'm not saying anything's good about Israel either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Not interested. Thank you very much. Uh, speaking of Israel, we are going to have... Um, You're going to Israel. No, no. No, but later in the show, we're going to have a guest. Is um, he, is not, he, not in studio, but over the phone. Is he Israeli? He's, I, I don't believe so. Yeah. He's he may, Christian, I think. Yes, but yes. He, may, he may be Greek. Okay. I think. I don't know. Like, we're not, a, we're not exactly buddy-buddy. Like, right. I, I met him playing uh, Xbox Live. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have played, any of you, the listeners, have played Breach uh, for Xbox Live Arcade. It came out last week. Like just last Wednesday, I think, um, and uh, they sent out a bunch of copies to everyone and their brother, whoever has like some sort of blog or something. They gave a code to, and so even a, the guy who has the blog, Kim Jong Il, looks at things. Probably, probably. Yeah. I mean, if they wanted it, I'm sure he would give it. To Which them. is, by the way, the best blog. Anyway, continue. So uh, there were a bunch of people, and by the way, it's very interesting to be playing a an online only game before it releases, because the only people playing are either the developers uh, or potentially friends of the developers or reviewers. Yeah, it's not the developers. That is the, the only group of people playing this game. So this game in particular is online only. It's not like when I was playing the Castlevania game, Harmony of Dissonance, where uh, you know it's a, essentially it can be a single-player game and, and you can go online if you want. Like Breach is first-person shooter, multiplayer only. Totally multiplayer. You can't find a game, you are not playing that game, or you're playing it by yourself, and first-person shooters are kind of lame with no one to shoot at. Were, so, you, were you met by anybody who claimed to be uh, from, like, the Kuala Lumpur Gazette? No. Someone did that to me once. Really? Yeah. That's funny. He was a jackhole. So anyway, uh, I ended up in a match actually with someone who I've known for years, uh, known as Atheistium in our forums, and, and who is a, a detoider and all that. So she was on there. And then we were also in a match with this guy, Josh. Uh, and then it turns out, like, her name is Atheistium, so it's a little bit weird when he starts talking about how he has this blog about uh, that sort of, like, mixes religion and games. 
in one, and I still don't quite understand it, but we're going to have him explain it. I figured, hey, sir, I am no believer, but I'd like to hear about what it is that you do and how you're able to somehow merge those ideas or come up with some analysis of games by merging those ideas. I don't know. For all I know, maybe it's a site that just tells people who like God what games they should get if they want to keep liking God. I find it hard to believe that you're not a believer. <laughs> I mean, you are the chosen one. But, well, I'm one of the chosen few. Well, yeah, yeah not the only one. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's it's not every person who gets that honor, you see. I guess, but it's not that I had to seek it out. It just came to me. I was, I was that lucky. So anyway, uh, he's going to be on the show later to somehow discuss uh, the two concepts in one, God and, and games. And I have very intentionally not sought out information, further information. I'm actually that. very curious about this and... Um, I, I do enjoy the, the theology uh, every once in a while, and, and not just to make fun of it. Yeah. So, Molly, I know you're not nice to people who uh, believe hate, in God. I hate people who believe in God. I know that you can be a downright <laughs> bee sometimes. So really? Yeah. This is you're true. You're going to have to keep yourself composed <laughs> for the duration of this, this interview. He it's going to be hard, but... Yeah. Like we do with most of our guests, he may just stay on the whole time to chat about games, even if we don't talk about his stuff. That sounds fun. Yeah. Because I, I want to see what he thinks about Galgun. Galgun. Yeah. Well, I doubt he's played it. Well, I'll tell him about it. Right. But I can tell you he doesn't like the game Breach. Uh, none of the people I played with enjoyed the game Breach until um, I some I somehow, like, I, there's something in me that enjoys playing it, but I think it's because I just don't play other first-person shooters other than, like, Halo. Um, and by by, it's a game where you get some experience and, like, new guns and stuff the more you play. Okay. But noobs don't have that stuff. So I was like, all right, if I play for a few days before it comes out, then I'll have more experience by the time it comes out. Yeah. And then I'll totally be able to pwn these noobs because I'm horrible at these games. For about a day. Yeah. I'm like, I am horrible at these games, but I will be more experienced than them only on the first day it's released. And so I really want to play. So I played that day, and I still got my ass beat pretty hard. That's um, too bad. But then I was like, oh, I'll keep playing and get all the guns. And now I still I have this continuing urge to play this game. Like with the best guns and whatever, and kill lots of people, even though I don't do a lot of killing. Um, and I don't understand why, because the control, the collision, uh, the network code, actually getting a game started, there's so many things about this game, like straight-up bugs managing control, which which I discovered and I haven't reported. I assume somebody knows about them. Uh, so many problems with this game, but somehow I, I still am interested in continuing to play it, and I'm actually a little bit embarrassed about it. Um, I find that hard to believe, too. You're not embarrassed <laughs> of anything. Uh, well, it's it, there's some things at my core when it comes to criticisms about how I play games and uh, possibly a couple other things. I don't know. Um, yeah, Maybe you could hurt my feelings. So anyway, somehow I continue to play this game. Oh, the point I wanted to make is the the reviewers playing the game before it came out, yeah. unanimously panning this game. Yeah. But then were, I go... Are they like all online like, yeah, this sucks, man. Yeah, this blows. Pretty much. They're all just like, oh, this is horrible. But then again, they also didn't know how to play. Like this guy that we're going to bring on the show later, he's like, oh, wait a minute, there's a cover button? Oh my God! I you can zoom like you know, the very basic functions. Wait, you can blow stuff up. Like yeah, that's kind of the whole point of the game. Are, are you saying a reviewer would judge a game before understanding what it is no, that well, happens? You can judge the game while you're playing it, but you don't give a real judgment until the end. And who knows? He may very well have not reviewed the game and just been playing it. Yeah. But um, I write my reviews before I play the game. I I doubt everyone does. <laughs> that. But but anyway, so I as I've said, I continue to play the game after it came out. And so I ended up playing with what I assume were 14-year-olds. Like, one of them was definitely talking about asking his mom to take him to GameStop to get a game. Serious? Yeah. So, this, like, wait, wait, you, he was young enough like to not be press, driving. This is press-only time. No, no, I said after after the game oh, released, I was were, still playing. Were you creeping, Alon? No. <laughs> I was... 
like I said, you get experience, <laughs> and getting experience points is actually very tedious if you're playing it normally. Yeah. But if you can find a way to basically manipulate it and cheat and get experience quickly, there's like one mode of play you can get lots of experience. And so if everybody in the game is working together to get experience and not kill each other, right. then you can you know max out your your XPs and uh, and breeze through all the rankings and stuff. And so I could tell by the, the type of match they were playing and uh, the style of the play. I was like, I you know I get on the the headset and I'm like, hey guys, are you just you're just trying to get points. Like, do you want me to bail out of here, or can I join in? They're like, yeah, no, stick around, and we'll we'll all just get points together. It's like, all right, cool. So, because I was kind of looking for that. Um, so not to actually play, but just to exploit systems in order to gain points as fast exactly, as possible. Exactly, because I had that that whole I'm rewarded for no good reason to right. just get higher up. Right. It's, it was a grinding session. Yeah, that's. I great. admit this. That's, that's another reason I'm embarrassed. <laughs> okay. So, that, you should be embarrassed about that. I told you, right? Um, so anyway, I'm playing with the kids, and then they start like throwing out racial epithets and like being they they were relatively nice kids for the game within the game but at the same time i kind of wanted to just disconnect and shut them up now did they were they all clearly the 14 year olds or well they were all it was three friends okay like one of them was in the live party talking but he didn't have the game so he wasn't playing but two of them were playing and then every once in a while someone would join in and would just sort of kick that kid's ass because it was some guy who'd never played it before has no xps (laughs) right right and uh, anyway, so it was a good time learning how to how to exploit it and get lots of, of experience. Um, but it was a little bit weird. I haven't played a game of like young kids in a very long time. I really wonder what online play would be like if it was sequestered by age group. Uh, you know, that's actually a fascinating idea. That yeah, yeah, because they could do that. I, mean, I don't want none of those fourteen year olds doing nothing in my games. No, like, pe- people could obviously manipulate that and say that they're an age that they're not if you, like, assigned it to your Xbox Live account. But, I mean, for the most part, well, it sure, people but, telling but, the truth. Right, but yeah, like, what like what benefit do you have of misrepresenting <laughs> your age, really? You have a lot of 35-year-olds posing as, like, 12-year-olds just so that they can beat the crap out of every other And that's fine. And if that's what they're interested in, <laughs> go to the 12-year-old section. I get section. my kicks by posing as a 12-year-old yeah. and kicking everybody's butt. No Ed. problem. <laughs> but, you know, this is possibly one way to get around the old, like, getting online and playing with losers. Maybe you, there's well, I, yeah, I really, Microsoft could yeah. implement some sort of system where you say, I am part of a good gamer group and only... Put you know only yeah, that's, hit me against other people who are part of this yeah, recognized who, who, group. Right now, that's right, but who anybody actually, could submit to be who part actually of it wants to play by the rules. Yeah, I mean that's that's the heart of the issue. But I, I really have a hunch that if you looked at people's behavior online, that a lot of the griefing type behavior is going to be dominated by the younger ages. Yeah, I agree. But then you know how do you how do you confirm that they are the age they claim to be? I mean, you could basically just say like I want to be part of this let's call it good gamer group, this good gamer group, and the only result is that it's held to a higher standard of reputation. Yeah. So, like, if you get a couple people who are also within that group who uh, pit against you, but yeah, then, but like, you could you could totally would... grief that system, too. Well, no, but once, once someone's griefing, I mean, I mean there could, it can, I think it can be done, right? I think it can be done. It's I a... wouldn't call it something so dorky, but... I know, I understand. You know, For the sake there's, of discussion. There's, there's got to be a way. I mean, there's... I don't know what would be the best means to figure out whether someone's intentions are to play by the rules or to, to take advantage of people. But you can you can certainly, in some way... Like, people, I think, at their heart, right? Like, when they're playing, like, they generally... They're either playing... right, Like me, right? Like, I, I have no desire to do any kind of griefing or manipulation. Put up some sort of collateral, man. Like, you sign up, you give them your credit card, and you say, like... 
I don't know if enough people complain about you or something, you're out and you forfeit. I don't forfeit. know, or it, or it could be, you know, it could be like, um, you know, it could be like a skull and crossbones or something, or like the Masons, like you know, you gotta like you gotta be invited in. Yeah. Like, you know, only. No, invites, that's good. Right, and then you gotta get, you know, you're tested, and you know, you don't get to the <laughs> to the thirty third degree until you do all these things, and I'm gonna get killed in my bed tonight. And that's a great idea, though. <laughs> like, you could just have a few people who work at Microsoft, people they play with, they. They can invite certain friends, and of course, then those friends have a certain number of yeah. invites Cause this to does the special happen. group. Yeah, this does happen informally. That's how uh, that's how Gmail systems. started was by invite only. Now everybody's got it. Well, right. pretty much everything Gmail does is, or Google does, is that way. <laughs> um, do you remember Wave? Do you remember everybody wanted to get into Wave? And I, 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 I did have. Oh, Wave sucks. I didn't yeah, want to get into Wave. wave. I, I didn't want to get. I didn't want it, but I got right. an invite to it, and I tried to use it, and I was like, oh. You know, it's funny. Like two months after they dropped it, I'm like. Oh, hey, what I'm doing right now at work, this is totally... Wave would make this easier. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, we're going to be back after the segment. Uh, we're going to bring Josh on from the Crossing Controller, or Crossing Controller. He'll tell you the website. Uh, it's going to be awesome, so stay tuned and uh, learn about some God. We'll be right back. Arizona's News Talk Leader, KFNX, AM 1100. And we are back once again. Welcome to Chatterbox Video Game Radio, the theological episode. The theological episode? Yes. Is that what we should call it? That's what I've. Just you know, I name it. every episode now. The theological episode. Okay. I. Great. That decision is out of my hands. This. <laughs> this episode will have more theology content than any other Chatterbox episode ever. It's gonna be fantastic. Until now, next week. Norm, were we able to get Josh on the phone? We got him on the phone. Fantastic. Uh, well. Yes. Wow. That's not. Uh, well, human. we had him on the phone. That was awesome. Um. In the meantime, I'm going to announce that you can go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology, a wonderful sponsor of ours. Um, if you want to learn about making games, the programs you can get into to become a game developer or study games, whatever, uh, you can do that at uat.edu, so do that. Uh, if you want to give us a call uh, during this episode, if you're listening live, 866-536-1100, or I guess potentially if you're not listening live but you know that we're on and you just want to call, you can do that. 866-536-1100. Uh, I think we do have Josh now. Josh, you are yep, on the I'm end. here. Oh, fantastic. How did we lose you a second ago? Was it that awesome cell reception? Uh, no, actually, my, my uh, I got all the bars I, I, I can get. Um, <laughs> I think it might have just been a flip over thing. All right. I, are you standing on a rock outside of your house <laughs> with uh, a wire hanger in your hand? Um, I'm, I'm doing the equivalent uh, in Jersey, which is I'm in a mall. Uh, oh. That's hilarious to me, by the way. Well, the, the acoustics are fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so I already announced to our listeners that you are, um, I guess, the proprietor of the website, thecrossandthecontroller.com. Is that right? Yeah. I'm also a terrible namer of websites. That that was clear. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to bag on you for that. But um, <laughs> now, are you the only one or there is there someone else involved? No, we have uh, we actually have four people who work on the site. Um, we have one person who... Uh, Actually started with the site, did a little bit with us, actually kind of prompted us to do it, uh, who's a Catholic priest, who's a friend of mine. Um, and then now, at this point, basically everybody who writes for the site, everybody who's on our podcast, 
is um, a seminarian um, or and also actively uh, either working in theology or um, working uh, with a congregation somewhere. All right, quick story. Uh, my father-in-law was, was in seminary, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, to be a priest or whatever it is that seminary prepares you for. And then at some point he's all like, Oh, this is bogus. I'm totally an atheist. And now he's like a militant atheist. Con- converted from oh, seminarian. To... I totally had a friend like that. He was he was super, super everything religious. I mean, like, he made a lot of money for his age. And every week, uh, he would donate, like, 30% of his paycheck to the church. It ended up being, like, something like almost 2000 bucks a month. And he took a world religions class at MCC and then super atheist. I had never met anyone who was more passionate uh, passionate about atheism until like he took that course. And then until she met me. But, uh, you know. <laughs> that aside. Well, it, it, it does happen. Um, because it, it, what people usually do is they panic the moment that they get told Moses didn't write the first five books of the Bible and... and uh, you know, Paul didn't write all the letters associated. I have an undergrad degree as well, though, in biblical studies, ancient Hebrew, Latin, and so I've done all the technical stuff on this, and that doesn't that stuff doesn't bother me. Well, listen, I, I did try to listen to the guy before you, though. I couldn't listen to him. Oh my god! <laughs> I told you to listen to him, right? Oh, that yeah, guy at eight yeah. p.m. Oof, man. Um, so I have a PhD uh, in onology, and um, that's. There's actually somebody on my on my friends list on Xbox Live. His, his username is PhD Onology, and I couldn't stop laughing mm-hmm. when I saw that. So I had. <laughs> anyway, I don't really. Anyway, uh, so um, I wanted to talk to you about your website and learn a little right. bit more about that because I got the impression while talking to you only briefly over Xbox Live um, that somehow you mix the ideas of God and, and gaming uh, in in a podcast and in this blog, and I'm I'm scared that it might just be. You list off games that are good for people who want to give their kids religious video games. But I have a feeling that's not really what's going on here. No, we're actually probably the opposite of that site. That site is a site, whatever that site is, we're not fans of that site. Um, we, don't, we don't judge games morally on our website. That's, we're not interested in that. Um, the, the morality of whether or not someone should play a video game, we leave that to the ESRB and, uh, uh, you know, kids' parents and stuff like that. That's, we have nothing to do with that. What we're interested in doing is looking at video games as art, as an expression of, of human work. And um, given that we assume that games are art, we, you know, the, uh, we start from that premise. We say, well, all art should be something that can say something about humanity. And if we believe what we believe, um, as, as uh, the people who work on this website... Uh, then that might say something also about God. And um, we try to apply uh, what we know, which is basically everybody who works on the website is uh, kind of your, your more um, traditional Christian as opposed to what, I guess, Americans assume are traditional Christians, which is we are, we're Episcopalians, Catholics, and Lutherans. Um, none of us believe the world's 5,000 years old. Like all that dude very... that's before our show. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, you know, all of us are very happy to say the evolutionary record is, is well-established. Um, so you, you believe in word... dinosaurs, right? 
<laughs> oh, no question about it. Okay, and, thank uh, you. Uh, they're yeah, they're no, outside no. your mall right now, by the way. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, well, I mean, I actually proposed to my wife in an alleyway with a giant bronze dinosaur in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would be. It would be really weird for me to not believe in dinosaurs. Um, but we really try. We try to bring what we know, which is um, pretty uh, a pretty wide array of different areas of expertise in theology, I, I tend to be more along the lines of um, patristics and um, the philosophical side to mystic stuff like that, uh, logic, and then other other people in, on the website bring other uh, pieces to the table. And uh, we really just try to look, take a look at games and say, um, one, uh, are games being socially responsible? Because we feel that that's part of what being a theologian is, is to... Uh, ask questions, are, are games being sexist, are they being racist, um, are they uh, putting forward points of view that aren't necessarily uh, useful to people, like the Left Behind games. Um, we just played one of those and gave it probably the worst review we'll give anything. <laughs> Hang on a second, Anytime am I the only person gaming? who's never heard of this? Yeah. Left Behind? It's the game oh, where, uh, yeah. well, Josh, I think you could probably explain it better than I can. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the book series at all, uh, at all on um, or the uh, the they... TV movies with Kirk right, Cameron. Let me tell you something yeah. about myself. Uh, if you ever ask, did you read X book? The answer is no. <laughs> right, regardless of the content. Uh, so no. I mean, I see your website. You're Left Behind Three: Rise of the Antichrist. So I, I guess this is a game which is intentionally um, focused towards people of religion. Um, well, a, a very specific. Uh, a demographic of Christians in America who who believe that when the world ends, there will be seven years of bad stuff. And right before that seven years, all the Christians will get sucked out of the world, and uh, planes will crash, and the Antichrist will come. Um, it's That's not assuming that, that pilots are pious people. <laughs> exactly. Or that computers just suddenly stop working at yeah. that point. Um but uh, we don't we don't hold to that view. But these video games basically ha- let you play an RTS where you're controlling the new Christians, the people who have started believing after all of this has happened, and uh, you fight the Antichrist. Now I know at least in the earlier games, because I couldn't get far enough in this game because it was so buggy uh, and and so poorly instructed that uh, I I just I gave up. Um, but in the earlier games, at least, if you couldn't convert someone, uh, you could kill them. And if uh, if you did that, all you need to do was pray, and then everything would be okay. Clearly, um, an acceptable alternative. When that oh, wow, <laughs> that is certainly something that I've yeah. I've heard from friends of mine who are religious. They're like, well, Alon, listen, you're you're going to hell, and that's you know <laughs> you've accepted that, and that's fine. But you know if. All you have to do is believe in God and say, I'm sorry about anything you do. Like, mur- And I was like, so murderers, they can, as long as they repent, like, they're good. They get through the gates. But me, I don't kill anybody. I'm not okay. I was like, yes. I was like, okay. All right. That, no, that's definitely a reasonable idea. <laughs> Hold on. Now, I have a question about this. Does, I mean, it, is that game serious about this, right? Like, do they, do they seriously oh, convey, convey the idea that if you're not able to convert somebody, that, that killing them is, is actually, like, okay, like, yeah, that's, you know, do that instead? No, I, I think it. I think they contextualize it in the sense that this is the end. Once you've uh, and these books, there was a whole series of books by Tim LaHaye and um, I think Jerry Jenkins. I think that's his name, uh, but it's definitely Tim LaHaye. Uh, that basically, once after the raptures happened, oh, then it's okay to kill people. 
Well, once you've made a choice for the Antichrist, then you're then go ahead because they've they've made an irrevocable choice. All right, we we're gonna go to break. Uh, stay with us. Uh, we will be back to continue this this very wonderful chat. We'll be right back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Woo-hoo. All right. Uh, we're back. And we're talking to Josh from The Cross and the Controller. Uh, TheCrossandTheController.com is the website you can go to. Uh, to to see what what they actually do on that site. And now there's also podcasts and stuff um, that are linked from the site. Now Josh, you're you're still here, right? I am. Okay. So I, I want to get away from actually talking about Left Behind Three, the one game that I guess totally blows. Sure. sure. Um, in general, though, like, do you have, do you have a mission with this site, or does your podcast go into other topics? Like, I'm trying to picture if you think about the history of your podcast and perhaps the right. the most interesting topic that you covered, or the thing that most representatively um, you know, was discussed. It's sort of like what you guys are trying to get across. Like with this show, we try to say, you know, we don't want to talk about the gaming industry and sort of delve into ideas that people don't do uh, with your everyday podcast. We don't just review games. We want to talk about the industry and ideas for game design. And We, we philosophize too. Basically, yes, without the religion part. Um, and, and also, like, I, I want to bring uh, ideas to people who are trying to get into the game industry, uh, see, you know, things that they might do with their lives uh, to, to try and just become more involved. Stop playing so, games. Well, that's, that's <laughs> one way to do it. Start making them. So what are you trying to do with the cross controller? I think we're trying to do uh, pretty much two things. Um, there's a book that came out last year uh, by Craig Detweiler um, from Pepperdine. Uh, he had done some work uh, in the late 20th century uh, the, and, and earliest past decade on um, theology and media, basically looking at movies in the 20th century, and uh, then he, very specifically looking at The Matrix, um, and then he released a book uh, early, uh, last year called Halos and Avatars, uh, Playing Video Games with God, in which he asked a bunch of scholars to look at one topic each and uh, write an essay, basically, on theology and gaming. And one of, the, one of his statements in the, in the beginning of that book is to say that there is no uh, critic that specializes in doing theology about video games. And I had already started my website, and uh, Craig had gotten in touch with me saying, oh, hey, I, I see what you're doing, that's good. But it, it helps crystallize kind of what we're trying to do, which is to begin to do that work, and maybe we're not going to be the ones who advance it super far uh, down the line. Maybe somebody else will pick it up and do it better than we do. But we, we wanted to start addressing that. That's the first thing, which is um, here's the thing that 99% of uh, boys and 94% of girls in a statistic that's in that book um, do. We play games. Um, well, if, if, if we are uh, creatures and there is a God, then, then that, there has to be something to be said about that. The other side is that we, lo- we also... Do you mean that God is a game developer? 
actually, uh, you could you could make a really good case that God is a game developer <laughs> from uh, from from uh, a particularly orthodox point of view that that God creates a world in which there are rules, there are choices, and there are consequences. Yeah, and, haven't you ever uh, played a SimCity, Alon? I have, I have. <laughs> or The Sims, better yet. But isn't it a sin to try and emulate God? So by playing no, actually, The Sims. No, I, I would say uh, there's actually a quite a huge tradition in, in Christianity that says emulating God is exactly what you're supposed to do. Uh, it's not the pride of, you know, I'm God, therefore everybody listen to me, but uh, we believe that the character of God is merciful, loving, and self-giving and kind, so it's good to emulate that. Well, I, um, I, I've definitely failed there. <laughs> well, I think I, most people I know have. Um so that's our first mission. Our second mission is really to use games as a as a way to talk about aspects of theology that um, otherwise uh, don't get talked about very much uh, outside of the classroom. Uh, most most Christians, and especially most young Christians, don't get uh, a real perspective on some of the higher forms of theology. And we use gaming to talk about those things. Um, we can use, and we're actually starting a whole series of podcasts next week uh, in which we're going to be talking about um, early councils of the church. But uh, we're going to be using uh, things to talk about, like the incarnation. Um, it, if what Christians believe actually happened, that God became a human being, well, well, how does that relate to when I play a video game when somehow I'm both me, I'm here? And there's me in the game, and I'm there. Uh, and there's a projection of myself uh, in that. And where do I stop, and where does that begin? Oh, my God, I totally so, get it now. The Jesus thing. <laughs> I never understood. Because, you know, I'm on the outside, and I never studied this Christianity deal. Because I, I, uh, I grew up in, I don't even want to say a Jewish household, but, like, more Jewish than Christian. Um, Fair enough. This, this concept of Jesus and that Holy Spirit thing has always escaped me. And so mm-hmm. you're saying basically it's like God playing a video game. Jesus is yes. Jesus yeah. is God's character in the Earth <laughs> game. All right, that's it's the, like that's a gigantic game. game of WoW, and Jesus is God's character. <laughs> I am gonna use that so many times. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then, like, what about like the Holy Ghost? Like, is, is he like using another console? It's like a, or is it no, like it's like it's game? like in Demon Souls. After you get killed, you exist in the second world. Yeah. Right, and you can somehow escape that world and go back to but being then, Jesus But then, but then, all at the same time, it's just really hard. He's using two controllers simultaneously. Well, I mean, he is—he <laughs> is God. He's got some tricks on us. I—I I, I don't doubt that he can. He probably doesn't even have to touch the controller. He—his body is the controller. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Right. So God is playing Connect. Yes. Um. <laughs> so what we've established during this program is that Microsoft actually gave us um, a way to convey God directly. It's and, I, and, and yeah. <laughs> I, I shudder to think that Connect is 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 any relation to the, the more godly mode of control. Uh, and now right. I'm hoping that someone out there is going to hack the Connect so that they can make like a game where you develop, like you create the world, and then you can create people all via the Connect. It would be pretty awesome. Yeah. I'd play it. Do you, you know, Microsoft just apparently got the domain name uh, Connect Halo. Oh. Yeah, right? Oh, wow. That's going to be exciting, huh? Like an on-rails shooter? (laughs) Yeah, that's It reminds me of that terrible movie, uh, Gamer. 
Have you have you seen that with Gerard Butler? It's on Netflix. I still haven't seen it. Terrible. Totally gonna. You'll get like 20 minutes into it and want to kill yourself. It's pretty bad. That long, huh? Yeah. So so I'm really interested in. um, I mean, we just got like kind of like a taste of it, but is there is there any kind of theologically related issue that you think is interesting that we could maybe discuss right now that's obviously also related to games. let's consider the next five minutes of this podcast your podcast um well i i, I think that the thing that i would i would talk about has more to do with gaming culture than it does um the video games themselves because as i listened to your guys talking before um uh before uh, i came on uh, the, the thing that interests me and the thing that um, I was talking to you a little bit about, Alon, before, uh, while we were playing Breach, and I do have to say, we are postponing our Breach review for us to play more of it in the wild. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, but the, the, the thing that, that to me divides uh, what, where we want things to be and where we, where we see them now is that is the perception that all Christians um, are somehow the guy who was on the radio before you. Um, <laughs> let's let's clarify and, for the people who are listening to the podcast. They don't they don't know. Oh, okay. uh, so we're in we're in a real studio that that produces actual radio shows and, and, and airs other people's radio shows. And we're airing also a real radio <laughs> show right yeah. now. And I've been given express permission by the people who run the radio station to completely rag on the other programs. And the one that we're on it at 9, 9 p.m. locally, the one at 8 p.m. locally is I don't even know what it's called. And I'm not going to ask Norm because it probably just get me in more trouble. But it is this dude who is all like letter of the Bible. It's 5000 years old. There were no dinosaurs. It's all fake. They planted it. It, it never really happened. Does he like have the whole uh, Puritan belief where like God is a. Uh like a a tyrant basically where you have to be good or or god will strike his mighty force down upon you well that's everybody but the jews mostly um no he's just i don't don't even know like i try not to listen but when we get here early right and we get to listen to some of that stuff it is wild so if you ever get the chance uh listen you know you can click the listen live button on our website or the kfnx website and uh, you'll get to hear it. It just sounds like a literalist, straight up. I mean, yeah, it's really anyway. So go, so go on. I didn't mean to steal right. your time. See, this is your no, show. No, 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 absolutely. So, uh, so the thing that that we want uh, to that we would love to to kind of look at and and see is how can um, Christians who game because there are a lot of us. Um, it's crazy. How, how can we look at the the gaming culture, which is which is openly in a lot of ways hostile to to believers. Um, because we are associated with uh, people like this gentleman, uh, how do we begin to talk about our faith? How do we begin to talk about um, gaming? How do we talk about the, cu- the culture in a way that makes it non-threatening to people, and not in like an insidious, uh, non-threatening way that I can somehow package this thing so that it's easier for you to swallow, but non-threatening in the sense that I, I believe what I believe and I'm going to talk about it, and then and have the freedom to talk about it as a gaming community without thinking that um, that doesn't belong here. Because there are things that don't belong here. Uh, sitting here and shoving my beliefs down your throat doesn't belong in any community, let alone the gaming community. Um, now, I, I so, hear you so say that, but really at the same time, it sounds to me like what you're trying to do is, well, I like games, and I know that kids like games, so I want to use it as a pulpit. 
And that no, because our, our our podcast isn't aimed at kids; it's aimed at adults. Oh, um, adults who have kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to break again, um, so we got to break it off right here. But but stay, and we'll be right back. back once again for chatterbox video game radio we're getting down and theological tonight it's what what is the name of this episode the theological episode is that yeah it? that's it okay well uh before we get back into that i'm going to remind everyone to go to uat.edu that's the website for the university of advancing technology i don't know if they have a sunday church group there or any Religious i don't think studies. they have anything theological yeah, there. i don't i don't know but they may i wouldn't put it past them you I mean, could they even like to be open to all things that this episode is theological asmic. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> would that, would, is that, would that be a... Uh, would, would Jesus like that word? Or do you think that uh, he wouldn't like that word? I, I think Jesus is a fan of most words. <laughs> right Alright, I'm down with Jesus then. If you, if, he, if you think he likes most words, let me tell you this joke I heard last night. <laughs> Starts with the white dude and the black dude. Alright, so... <laughs> Um, I'm glad you didn't go any further. No, I left it at that. This, seriously, I was at I was at a poker game last night, and one of the guys who's not really hung out with the rest of the group is like, "All right, guys, so so it's okay if I tell a racist joke." And I'm kind of like, uh, "Maybe not," but he really wanted to go for it. He really wanted to, and you know, in the end, it actually turned out to not be a racist joke, and I felt much better about it. So <laughs> anyway, so um, I've decided you're using this website as a, a public to communicate to those um, who you right. want to communicate to. And you say that's not the case. Uh, so so what is actually happening? Like I can go into, into the site and I can see Dead Space 2, Fear and Loathing Among the Stars. And at some point you mentioned something about a Catholic church. Um, when you discuss right. a new game like Dead Space 2, which I think came out this week or last week or something. Uh, 25th, um, I think 25th. Yeah, sure. That's something like that. Yeah. All right. So you're discussing this game. What, what is your angle? Uh, what we basically try to do is, pay, is we try to just approach it and say what what is there to grab onto theologically in this? What what is there in this piece of art to to dissect in any kind of theological way? We don't try to harp on one particular thing. Uh, or early on in the site, we really went with themes of games, and we went like, well, what is, what theology does this theme fit into? And unfortunately, what you end up with is that over and over and over again, you get, well, oh, here's a Christ figure story um so we stopped that really quickly is that so is that like uh like the triforce being like the trinity yeah you, you can kind of do that with like any story especially um oddly enough uh japanese developed stories always have some sort of uh heavily christian based uh at least uh framework even if the substance isn't there um so uh with dead space 2 my criticism uh, in it, uh, basically, I loved the game, um, but the thing I, I kind of went to uh, look at theologically was that basically in this game there are two groups. There's the unitologists who are crazy cult people who want to bring them out the end of humanity, and everybody else. And that everybody else does not seem to in any way include Hindus or Buddhists or Jews or Christians or Muslims or anyone. Um, and it creates this very unreal uh, dichotomy in the world between crazy cult believers and everyone else. And there's not a real verisimilitude that comes into the game at that point. And, and that's the kind of thing that we look at 
here and there, depending on what the game presents us with. Um, with our review of Epic Mickey, uh, there was there was some really really heavy uh, Christological stuff going on in there, painting Mickey Mouse in some ways as Jesus. Um, and so we asked questions about: Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Um, and and it, how is it done? So you know we're not we're not sitting there saying, "Oh, you blow up babies in this game. No one should play this game." What we're saying is, "Hey, developers, you live in a world in which there's a wide spectrum of belief. How come there was no? We found all sorts of copies of the Unitologist hymn book around. How come there wasn't a copy of the Dhammapada, the the collection of the Buddhist?" Uh, Buddhist sayings, or the Upanishads, or something like that, just sitting on someone's desk, uh, that would give this world something other than just, uh, and this is kind of what I was talking about before with the, the gaming culture, an us-versus-them mentality. So is that a, uh, is that a which, criticism that they, they should have done that simply to make the game more interesting, or they should have done it in order to make it more fair, like, like they have some obligation to do what it is you suggest? Right, it's not about being fair, because... Uh, we, you know that we don't really care so much about that. It's about that there that there's a consciousness of human reality, and human reality is, is that the spectrum of belief goes from believing in nothing to wildly varying degrees of belief. And this is a represent a, a very highly detailed representation. I mean, going through the concourse in that game, going through the school, they put a lot of detail into this world. And yet, here's a pretty major aspect of human life that is just ignored, or and in some ways caricatured. Like, if they didn't mention it at all, then it would be kind of one of those things where you just go, okay, well, I guess they didn't want to look at that. But they do look at it, and they look at it in a very sort of myopic way. That isn't, it's not about necessarily being fair, but it's about being honest. But, uh, but I mean, every humanity. game is, is thematic. Like, and, sure. you know, a good game designer will, will tell you that you know, if you can get a good 30 seconds of gameplay and then just find a way to repeat that the whole time, right. you're you're pretty well off. And so it's not crazy to me that someone would have a game that, that doesn't explore every aspect of, of some area, which most game developers probably aren't even conscious of. Um, so who cares that they didn't, you know, touch on, well, on all these areas? Some other game might touch on a different one and not the one that they did. And I would also say that if you do look at Dead Space 2 from a religious standpoint... Um, I haven't played it yet. I know that Isaac, the main character you play as, was a silent hero in the first game. I don't know if he talks. Right. I heard something about he was he actually talked in the second game. I don't know, but he I mean, a lot. oh, he does. Okay, so yeah. I mean, uh, still, you're you're playing as Isaac. You can kind of he's your avatar in that game, so you can kind of project your own beliefs. You can project your own theories of what you. Uh, have in your daily life that you believe and you can kind of look at the game if you're really analyzing it from a religious uh, aspect then I mean it's basically you take whatever because I think if they were to plant like copies of the Bible or any other religious manuscripts uh, throughout the game that like it would almost seem like it's okay it's Christians versus these unitologists or it's Something like that. I think they kind of leave it open on the other end so that you can project your own beliefs into it. So it's like, hey, if I'm an atheist, it's I'm an atheist versus these crazy unitologists. I'm a Buddhist versus these crazy unitologists, whatever. And that may be, but I think we're, uh, what, what we're kind of talking about uh, in, in the review is about 
just the environmental world, and so that you if you don't have to identify Isaac as anything, um, but but if you're creating a world that's so detailed that you have magazines with the cover with different magazine covers of Bird Weekly uh, scattered around this uh, this place, that it seems odd that nobody has a copy of the Quran on their shelf, um, it, and it, so it. it you know, most people aren't going to notice it. Most people aren't going to care. But when we, as theologians, look at it and say, this isn't quite real. Um, now, of course, it's a game about shooting zombies in the middle of space. It's a science <laughs> fiction story. But there is a certain level of truthfulness about humanity that when you're creating a world, uh, that, you know, you, you look at something like Arthur C. Clarke's 3001, in which everybody's given up religion everywhere. Uh, there's a certain level on which that just doesn't ring true about humanity. Now, maybe that'll happen one day, um, and maybe then it will ring true, but as we've known human history, that just doesn't really, it doesn't have the smack of, of what we know to be true about humanity, whether those beliefs are true or not. And we're not trying to make that kind of evaluation. We're not trying to say, we're Christians, Christianity should have been represented. I would have been very happy if there had been a Sikh community on this station that had been minorly mentioned in one audio log to give just some depth to this idea that this is a real world and people have beliefs about things. But but do you think, uh, you know, just for example, right, in, in Dead Space 2 or really any kind of um, narrative situation, right, do you, do you think that it's okay for, like, what if, what if, for example, the authors of that work wanted to say, okay, let's explore the space in a world like Arthur C. Clarke did, where this uh, this is the case, right? I mean, are you saying that this is not something that's worth exploring or worth expressing, right? Like, you know, perhaps indeed that, you know, okay, well, it's it's not a it's not a realistic or or, or, or an essentially right. human reflection of what is reality, right? But this is in fact the kind of things that we are capable of exploring in completely I, fantastic right. narratives. Absolutely, and I'm okay with that if they came out and said that, right? Like, it's just sort of nascent. It's nascent in the narrative. It's not actually explicitly said. If they did come out and say, oddly enough, everyone has divided themselves, um, then I think that would have been more interesting. All right. You know, I think that would have been more honest. Well, unfortunately, we are honestly out of time. The the music is playing. I don't even know if you can hear the music, Josh, but the music is playing. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. (laughs) So that is the end of the show. Um, I thank you very much for coming on. Uh, if you're interested at all in, in the other things that, that Josh and his cohorts have to say, go to thecrossandthecontroller.com. Uh, that's his website. And listen to his podcast as well. As I understand it, you actually have two separate podcasts that run, right? Yeah, we do one uh, that shows up on Tuesday nights, that one just went up tonight. Uh, that's just gaming. We talk about what we've been playing, what's coming up news. And then we have one on Thursdays where we specifically talk about a theological topic. Each one runs for about an hour. All right. Well, we are seriously out of time, so thank you very much, Josh. Uh, like I said, he's got a Thanks podcast about... Me. You're welcome. Podcast about God, podcast about games. We do a podcast about games uh, and a radio show. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much, everyone. Good night, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.